Okay, what's up, people, and welcome to the Overnight Minute podcast with me, Sam Matthews. This time we've got a great guest. I've got a personal friend that I've known for almost over 10 years ago, as we were discussing before we came on air. This week, as you can see on the screen, we've got George Taylor, Edinburgh Pro Rugby player. He's got every every single medal possible from the Borders Regional Rugby Championship. Played him, known for two years. Oh, I can't run out of words to describe the guy. Basically, if you've ever seen them watch Melrose play, George has probably got a medal from that game, and he probably won the game that you were watching. So, everybody, please welcome George Taylor to the Overnight in his podcast. How are you, George? How are you getting on? Sam, I'm very good, thank you. No, pleasure to be on. Good, mate. Thank you so much for coming on, calling in an eight-year-plus favour as I am. Didn't expect it to go well, but you replied straight away, and I was happy to get you on. So, most important, I'm going to quest, most important question I'm going to ask you today, how are you? How's things? Very well. Yeah, no good. Um, managed to get out on the golf course today, make use of the, the good weather. So, um, <laughs> Decent. Where were you no, playing? What, how were the shots going? Uh, the course was good. The golf was awful. So, <laughs> played, Some... I played at Archer Field, um, but just you, you, you tend to play a lovely course and then the golf just goes downhill so mate sun was shining and it was like 18 plus degrees any golf is good golf in that weather in scotland yeah true, true. <laughs> so mate we're gonna get we're gonna give people a bit of an insight into the interesting life of a pro scottish rugby player only two clubs in scotland you're one of the lucky players that gets to represent them pretty much at this point every week so we're just gonna look through the start of your life so we're gonna start right back at the beginning obviously like i said me and you first met 10 years ago Peebles versus Melrose, under-16s, the derby of all derbies. Every club in the borders wants to tell Peebles they're not part of the borders. Every club Peebles plays, they spend trying to tell them they are part of the borders. How is it like playing for Melrose from such a young age? What's it like when you walk into Melrose and you see all the names on the walls and you see the names you've got coaching you? Yeah, it, it is huge <laughs> to be fair. I mean, I, I started out there when I was six years old. Um I remember getting a photograph with uh, my brother and Kelly Brown uh, doing a summer camp out in the green yards, and I think that was that was when I started to enjoy rugby. I, I watched Kelly Brown when I obviously when I was really young. So, and then being able to get a photo with him uh, was pretty big back then. So, uh, still 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 got the photo actually. Mum's got it somewhere on the wall. I don't, I don't know, but. Um, <laughs> But no, starting there from such a young age and then coming through the age groups, as you say, playing playing the likes of Peebles and the all the other border clubs. Um, like there, there wasn't really a, a a game that you play in the borders that was an easy match. That you know, it was they were all kind of relatively big derbies. So um mm. and then playing under eighteens, getting coached by Jim Telfer. Uh, that was that was a highlight as well. I was going to so, say the 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 what's it like when you're playing under 16s, under 18s, and obviously when I was brought to school, you know, there's always the oh guys, it's about having fun, it's going like that. But you can tell when you've got an ex-British and Irish line with the most famous motivational speech of all time. But do you hear it in his voice and stuff like that? It's like, right, guys, it's about having fun, but we're Melrose, so we have a lot more fun when we win as Melrose. <laughs> Because I don't think I, I, I don't, don't think I've ever played. I don't think I've ever seen or heard or played in a game where there's not been the like you were always you guys were always the team to beat as Melrose is what I'm trying to say. Like, is, did you have that reputation from your side as well? You're like we are the perceived best. 
whether we are or not. We are, uh, we have that reputation. Well, going back to Jim Telfer, mm-hmm. like I, I never heard him say uh, we're going out there to have fun. <laughs> that was <laughs> never his motive. He would always want the W, uh, no matter uh, who. Once, once you finish, once you finish a little story, I'll tell you about it. It's the best trash talk I've ever received was from Jim Telfer, and I was 15 years old. I'll tell you. About it. <laughs> uh, but I think we were always quite quite confident quietly confident going into games um we'd never think like we're the we're the team to beat or maybe there's a wee bit more pressure on us because we we were kind of maybe as you say expected to win but uh you know we we did have a good good squad and uh quite a few of the boys went on to play first team melrose uh now playing southern knights and and then a few boys went on to play pro as well. So we, we had a good under-18s team, under-16s team as well. So got coached by uh, good coaches, which helped. Um, and it helped draw in other players from other towns in the borders. Um, so obviously that would that would hinder other towns, but obviously help us. So... Um, <laughs> If you want to be the best, you play with the best players. I don't. I don't resent anybody for wanting to play for Melrose. I mean, the yeah, rest no, of people's the, the people's will like me when this airs when I say that, but I, I don't blame anybody for wanting to play for Melrose. I'll yeah, be staying no, inside think, for yeah. a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we you often got the odd person from Hoyker Gala saying, "No, I'll, I'll never." never play for Melrose but, but you can understand it's a massive rival um, and I, I think I, I managed to turn one people's player uh, to come play for Melrose and that was Craig Pringle so he <laughs> I, was, was, I wasn't going to say his name in case he's on it but yeah no shout out to Craig <laughs> Craig if you're listening hope you're well mate nice to if we were we were jealous you left that's the we were we were anger in we were angry in pure jealousy that you left Mate, so, yeah, we were going, pretty happy to be fair. <laughs> but mate, yeah, going back, Jim Telfer, the best, the best trash talk I've ever received in rugby because I was always, I was never quick enough or fast enough. So I was, I'll beat you with words and I'll try to get you simbin was my approach. And I remember I was 15 years old and I got a brand new pair of boots. And you know when you're classic young, you never break your boots and you just go, oh, I'll be fine, I'll chuck them on. And I remember yeah. it, was, it got, it got to like half time and I was like, my feet are killing me, like they're, they're torn up, they're blisters. So I chucked my old boots back on that were like they were like sodden through, boots were going out, and I walked out and Jim Telford just looked me up and down and just went, Lads, we're gonna be absolutely fine. They can't afford rugby boots. And I was like, Well, I'll be that. I'd never been so mentally defeated by one sentence in my life. But no, no, especially when you're buzzing about your new boots and Jim Telford <laughs> just shuts you down and uh, just looks me up and down and goes, I lads will be completely fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he is, he is brutal, to be fair. He's, uh, I remember we were training on the back pitches at Melrose, um, just opposite the green yards uh, mm-hmm. over the road. Um, and we had, we had Jim one of the first sessions, uh, and he was on a crutch for some reason. Um, I think he took a fall. Uh, but we were doing uh, rock clearing and body height, mm-hmm. and he was standing there holding his crutch, um horizontally so you you'd have to get low enough to get under his crutch and if you skiffed his crutch or whatever you'd, Bag, <laughs> you'd hit yes. you in the back with his crutch so it was oh. it was an old old school way of teaching you but i mean it, it definitely worked i was about to say because as you as you alluded to there like 
the, the standard and quality that comes out of Melbourne. Because I thought we just faced an unlucky year. Like, obviously, when we played you, because like you said, it was you, Craig, when it got to the age groups, your brother managed to get in that sort of bracket and he came down. And then yeah. I remember I was thinking, I was like, man, we're just unlucky. They're just It's one of those teams where just everything aligns and every player is in the same year group. And then I remember going to watch my brothers play. My brothers are both younger than me. And obviously, they had people in the year like Kieran Clark and people like that. And I was just thinking, yeah. like, no, it's, it's just Melrose. It's just the way it just goes. Melrose. Yeah, it's just Melrose. Yeah, it's just like, you could just get a hashtag. I'll, I'll send it to it. Just get a hashtag. It's like, just Melrose things. That's what it is. It's just Melrose things. <laughs> Yeah. But also, like, what's it like? Do you do you get a chance to go back a lot? Obviously, you were you were playing for them still quite recently. But like, do you get a chance to go watch the youngers? Like, do they ask you to come along and like help out with the youngers when you can? Or yeah, I mean, it's um, obviously with COVID coming in. Uh, mm. The last couple of years, I've I've been quite busy with Edinburgh, but then before that, uh, I was still involved with Melrose, so I was still playing for them and. Um, competing in the premiership uh, and obviously that changed to the super six um but i mean it, it's it's something that more ex melrose players need to do i think is get down to the summer camps and um it's it's not been not been requested that much uh from melrose but i think if just knowing from playing there when i was really young doing those summer camps um i remember scott the likes of scott white uh, and Cal Anderson, they were both very great. Cal Anderson's people don't have any of this Melrose nonsense. You just, yeah, I know. But you, you look at these names at um, the summer camps, and you you look up to them, and you're like, wow, that mm -hmm. like you see them do so well for Melrose, and and obviously do well for people's now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, if he does, I, it's it's, it's good to see those faces there. <laughs> but it's like it's like you said, like you still you still remember a photo of when you were six with Kelly Brown. So, but like Melrose, it brings us players back. Like Kelly's a great example. Obviously, brought Saracens up for the sevens and things like that. Like you, you look after your own really well. Like you, you the way I describe Mel, I don't know if you see this from. So when, because obviously, so I'm not from the borders. Like I'm not. I was moved. I moved up here when I was young. So I'm ra I'm raised borders, but I'm not from the borders. And yeah. it was always a case of like. It was kind of like Melrose versus everyone else, if that's the sense. It was like, as long as we beat Melrose, it doesn't matter. We could lose every other game in the season, but we beat Melrose. So, like, it's like you've kind of, you, what you did really well as a team was you made it so, like, we're Melrose and we're sticking as Melrose. And it's like, you can go somewhere else, but you'll always be Melrose. And I think that's something, like, there's a lot to say for that, like, as a club in the modern day game of we look after our own still. Yeah, no, I think so. And you kind of got hints of that. You, you wouldn't really think about that when you're playing there, um, mm -hmm. but you kind of got hints of it. Um, I mean, it was just such a tight-knit of players. Um, it, it was very hard to, you know, when when money got offered from Prem sides every month, um, you know, you, you wouldn't really, you'd want to stay at Melrose. You, you wouldn't worry about the money. Um, you know, you'd have a, a semi-decent season um especially looking at the the players you were getting or had that mm -hmm. season so uh yeah as you say they they do if if anyone from melrose has played at melrose or brought up in melrose gets asked about their their rugby career i think melrose would always be mentioned which is 
they've mm-hmm. somehow they've done that well. Um, and obviously, Homer Sevens, it's as you as you say, it's uh, it brings brings decent pro teams to to the sevens day and it, it makes it a good day right that's a good little segue so we'll go on to that what's it like representing melrose in the melrose sevens at like representing melrose uh again it was something i always wanted to do uh before that i would be selling programs before like during the sevens when i was under 16s under 18s uh, and then managing to watch maybe the the lead-up games to the quarterfinals, semi-finals, and just like seeing the crowd, they're there to watch rugby and and drink pints and just enjoy a really good day. And then when I when I managed to represent Mowers uh, at, at their own sevens, it was it was ridiculous. Like you'll get no better atmosphere at a club ground. I think there's twelve, fourteen thousand there sometimes um, it's crazy seeing it on tv it's absolutely crazy yeah and just playing playing in front of them is yeah it, it's surreal to be honest it, it's it's a really great experience question is if say you got the chance to go back and edinburgh go next year going we've got a team for melrose sevens melrose give you a call saying we need you to play for melrose and the melrose sevens Who's who's getting the nod between Edinburgh and Melrose? Are you just going? To be honest, I I don't think I'd get picked for the Edinburgh Seven squad. You know, we've got <laughs> you We've got three sevens Fijian players. Uh, <laughs> You're not allowed to bring the, some... Fijians at sevens is a cheat code. You're not allowed to bring Fijians. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like FIFA with sliders. I, I don't know. You can't play. You can't. It's like FIFA with sliders turned up. You're not allowed to play it. <laughs> I think I would get some amount of abuse. Well, I'd get abuse both ways. I think so. It, it'd be a, a lose lose. God, then complete, um, completely off script and out of the blue. What's your Edinburgh starting sevens team? If you had to pick a team from the Edinburgh squad for a seven squad. Oh, positionally at. I wouldn't know. Just, but just, just, to, just go, just go balls to the wall. Just pick seven players. Just total. You'd roughness. have to go Bill Matter. Mm-hmm. You, I think you, the three Fijians: Bill Matter, Messi, Kunavula, Aroni mm-hmm. Sow. Uh, you'd, that's, that's just you'd the forwards. Need, just have them as the forwards. That's fine. Yeah, uh, you'd need Duan Van der Merve on the wing. Mm-hmm. Um, James Johnson's had a lot of experience in the centre. Uh, See, I Scotland didn't think you'd pick him. That's a that's a good call. Uh, it, it would be, yeah, Dewey on the wing, but you've also got yeah Mark Bennett at centre. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, he's silver medalist Olympian, so yeah, so he'd Bennett be in the centre. Bennett in the centres. Um, you got one space left. Well, you got six now. So well, you got Bennett, Johnson, nine, and Dewey, and then you're nine. Charlie Shield, I think I would. Yeah, I, I think I go nine Charlie Shield, ten Blair Kinghorn, centre Benzo Bennett. Nice, so. and then Dewey on the wing. Dewey on the wing, I think that's pretty strong. Seven's team. Good. I can think of one Hoik boy that's about to run through you in this area. <laughs> <laughs> Darcy, if yeah, you're I'm watching, gonna... I would have picked you, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, Dewey's away, so he, he can. <laughs> yeah. 
Marcia can step in for him. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't we don't want to do anymore. Dewey is no. dead to Scotland now, is it Worcester? No, we're kidding. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for making people watch Edinburgh Games again. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Mate, I got slit. I remember we did a thing for work and I put him in my Lions squad and we did this like in October. And honestly, the back you, the backlash is thought you think I just told people to cancel the Lions tour. Like the backlash we got. Oh. Yeah. Then Six Nations came around and yeah. The border borders know their ruggers for the listeners out there. Borders know their ruggers. If they say a player's good, a player is probably good. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's best to keep your opinion to yourself though. So that was a very loaded question. It's not loaded, it's all in fun. It's all in fun. And then just oh, next yeah. time we get well, next time we get one of them on, I'll ask them and they'll just make sure like George Taylor is nowhere near the team. <laughs> not in it. <laughs> Water boys. Yeah. So mate, back to back to Melrose. Like, what's it like in that double winning seat? Because you were you and your brother were centre partners. That like you were pretty much two stalwarts of the team. You had this immaculate team that it, it didn't seem to change week in week out. It was the same fifteen boys every week. What's it like in that season when you're just winning trophy after trophy, game after game? Yeah, it's good. You you build you build a lot of confidence in the squad, and obviously being coached by. What was John DL and Rob Christie? Like they've got mm-hmm. masses, masses of experience behind them, um, and a lot of it was was player led as well. There was a lot of trust in the players, and if we wanted to run a, a strike move or a certain game plan uh, against a specific team, then we were we were allowed to do that. Uh, and I think that's that's where Mel's were were quite good. They. Uh, they kind of allowed the players to to feed into the coaches and depend on how they felt going into a game and as you say uh, our team was was very strong and and you had uh numbers that could fill in uh, that that might have played constantly for the twos but then would step up and were unfortunate to miss out in the first um but they could easily step up and and perform really well. So I think the the depth at Mel's as well was always always really good. Mm-hmm. No, that's exactly it. It was the case of it was like you said. No matter what fifteen, but the the lack of injury was remarkable. But the the no matter what name was on that team sheet, it was it was like the same person just with a different name. If that makes sense, like they were so unbeat and so on point. Yeah, and obviously you're you're gonna if you're brought into the squad, you're gonna do the best you can. You're going to do a job because every time you pull on uh, the jersey, you, you you don't want to disappoint. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I think there's there were there weren't many injuries um, at, at, at any one time, but there was one time I remember Rui Not was trying to do a, a, a physio run to get in preparation for the next game to see if he was going to be fit. Mm-hmm. He he claimed he had a a dead leg just below his knee, so in his calf, and uh, he turns out he actually broke his leg. So he was doing all this running <laughs> for weeks and, and playing the game, and turns out he had a broken leg. So that's uh, <laughs> Mate, fair play to Rudy. Not if like get it like yeah, you've earned that one, Rudy. Really. I would have let him play as soon as I found out he was like, "I'm sure you play." Yeah, just play. <laughs> I would have been still would have been there, full kit on. Then yeah, full kit on, lifting the trophy. Just go up and lift it. That's you. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he was some player. He was an asset. Right, mate, so so moving on. Right, obviously you've just signed your new contract with Edinburgh. That you're now a stalwart of the team. But take take me back to the first contract. You're 21 years old. 
most of your mates, same age as me, we're all kicking about in university. We're living for a Wednesday night. Somebody's gone there and gone, we're going to make you a full-time professional rugby player. What's that What's that feeling like as a 21-year-old? Like, how, like what is uh, it like, overwhelming? Like, do, do you actually remember most of it? Or is it just like a sense of, like, this is the thing that felt nah, like a nah. dream for so long and now it's here? Yeah, I, I, I remember it quite well uh, because it was very stressful, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I think the, st- the season started in May or June. Um contract negotiations happen about uh september november the year prior uh, the yeah so like six or seven months before that right okay right, right um so negotiations happen around that time you might you might sign december january mm-hmm. uh so you've got about four or five months before the season actually starts but I ended up signing end of March, uh, and I had like a month like, or two months like before that. the season started. I like that. Miss out on pre-season. I like that. Miss out on pre-season. <laughs> well, well, coach, coach, I'll be fit. I swear, I'll be fit. Don't worry. <laughs> it was. It was more that um, because it was the the time Richard Cockrell stepped in. I was going to say and, you, you arrived at the same time as him. Almost well, I say arrived. Yeah, but... yeah, and it was it was Alan Solomon's before that. And he was like, yeah, we'll offer you a contract, no worries. And then obviously Richard Cockrell hadn't really seen any of my rugby, he hadn't seen me play. Uh, and he he, he didn't, didn't really know if, I, if, if he was going to sign me or not. Um, mm-hmm. But luckily I, I signed a, a one plus one, so an academy contract plus uh, second year as a pro. So it, it wasn't as if I kind of signed straight pro, but I, I knew I had that professional contract in the second year so i had something to, to yeah, look like, forward like to a, like a prove it deal like a prove it deal yeah exactly yeah. um but it was it was overwhelming um i was chuffed to bits when i managed to sign it it's obviously starting rugby when i was young it's all i wanted to do really so well, that's, that's the thing I was like, what's it like so you're 21 years old you've now got this academy contract all your mates are because obviously in the borders, we're very much like you just get yourself, get to work. Some some of us go to uni, some of us just go and get to work. What's it like when you're doing that pro contract, or your mates are kicking about, like living the dream? Um, I don't know even how to describe. It. Like, what's it, what is it just like as a pro player when a lot of your mates aren't pro athletes? Like, if that makes sense. So obviously you've still got like the boys back home. Like you still keep in touch with the boys and. Yeah. Um... I mean, it's you kind of you you've got your old mates, but you jump from uh, friend group to friend group, and um, you try and keep in touch with them as much as possible, and it, it is difficult. Uh, but I mean, yeah, it's a difficult question because they, they'll obviously be wondering, or oh, how how's he getting on and um, stuff like that. But I think a lot of my friends from school. Uh, they they went on to play further rugby, sign for clubs and and Super Six and and go to university. And I think it's more of the people that went to university that I've not really kept in touch with. Um, right. We'll me- message now and then. Um, and obviously, if I saw them in the street, we'd chat for ages. Uh, mm-hmm. But it they, it does kind of grow a, more like a distant relationship. Uh, mm-hmm. But you, you just kind of grow closer and closer to your rugby mates, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, like the likes of Craig Pringle, he's and Andrew Grant Saturday, they've both gone on to university and, and jobs post university. Uh, mm-hmm. Like two, two of my best mates, but don't keep in touch with them as, as much as I'd like. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because I think when when they're free at a weekend, I'm playing or I'm busy. But then if I'm free or got a holiday, then they're they're doing something else. So in that respect, it's it's very difficult. You just kind of you you keep to your friends that you you play weekend 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 week out with uh, because you know when they're going to have time off and you can you do stuff together because you're both free. So. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it, it is difficult. I can go back. Have we, have we got the same mug by any chance? <laughs> uh, aye, not until I've drunk this. <laughs> Sorry, I just noticed that. I was hey, that's, that's definitely going in, the fact we've got the same mug. That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> just standard coffee. Tesco. <laughs> oh, mate. I think, I, do you know what? I genuinely think I got this former. This, Sean, this can go back in the podcast, by the way. This, this is meant to be off script, but this is going in the podcast, yeah. This is the best Mother's Day present I think I've ever got, and I don't think my mum's had a chance to use it once. Like, it generally just lives with me, just up and right. down. Yeah, I just went into Tesco looking for a big cup of tea mug for the evening, so find this. There you go. Um, did the job. Yeah, the one where it's like, I don't need to go back to the kettle for an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so you actually touched on my next question quite well. So obviously you and you and Richard Cockerell, you pretty much he gets the job at the same time you get your academy contract. Did it almost feel better having a sort of like a brand new coach? Like it was almost like Edinburgh was like like you could, like it's quite clear that Edinburgh sort of changed as a club since Cockerell took over. It's like it's became obviously you had like I feel like when the badge changed as well, like everything like it was like the rebrand. It's like this is the new Edinburgh. And like, there's no doubt about it. like the rugby's improved. You're now uh, you are you have literally become a consistent part of the squad. Like, how did it feel like when Richard came in? Were you just like, this is like I've got a brand new clean slate to sort of work from here. Like everybody's on the same playing field. Yeah, I think it was it was good and it was difficult at the same time. Um, you know, R- Richard Cockrell's uh, experience and the players that he knows. Like, and he that he was bringing in was was obviously very good for the team and what what he did for the team was very good um but then with that brings competition mm-hmm. so the the likes uh <clears throat> bringing in Juan Pablo Cicino Matt Scott and I think that was good for my game it developed my game watching them and training alongside them playing alongside them uh that helped me a lot um and pushed me on further just for the competition. Uh, but initially, mm-hmm. I was like, "Wow, this is going to be very difficult to get into the team." Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I think it was uh, it was a difficult start uh, the first season for me, just because when we played pre-season, uh, the, I think it was the second year, the the year before that, I maybe got capped once or twice, and. The second season, uh, we were playing pre-season games and obviously the Scotland Sevens boys came in to train with us mm-hmm. uh, and they, they were getting a shot in the games and I wasn't really get, getting a look in. So for me, that was that was quite difficult, um, especially when there was players getting played that weren't going to be there that following season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I spoke to, to Cockers about it and he was, he was very good, um, kind of explained where where I wanted to be playing 
where I preferred playing and and he was it was kind of like a consensus between the both of us um that that I'd get a shot at 12 at training uh, just to see how it'd go because um, I think pr- predominantly I came as a 13 I came mm. out of Melrose as a 13 and then hadn't played too much at 12 just when I was younger um, yeah. and said to him I'd, I'd like to have a have a crack at 12 um, so he got me in there at training and then mm. it just kind of it went from there but I was in loads I, of I'll, conversations with people i love that like young brass neck 21 year old i will take crash ball responsibility just give me (laughs) i will do i will take the batter and for the the 80 minutes if it gets me on the pitch yeah no it's it's, it's worked off like you're you're pretty much the stalwart in the you're one of the stalwarts in the edinburgh team now like it's a you're a name on the team sheet for sure like one of the first time so it has paid off. yeah it's it's uh it it is every time uh I see that team shape go getting put up on the Monday morning or Tuesday morning. Um, and if my name's there, it's, it's amazing. It's really good. It's, it's another cap and, um, but it's, it's obviously not taken for granted. The competition, as I said before, is still there. Mm-hmm. Um, like say the Christine, he's been going very well. So we're, we're kind of battling out at the minute. Um, but it's it's good. He's very experienced, so we bounce ideas off each other, train together. Um, so yeah, it's it's good. But I was never gonna, I was gonna say, yeah, you're you're quite unfortunate with the one of the positions that like Scotland seems to have quite an abundance of at the moment, and Scotland and at the pro club level is the centres, and I like your name adds to that. Like it's very much a case of it's like when you talk about Scotland centers, George Taylor is a name, but it's like you like like you say the competition is so high at your position, unfortunately, which is even more unlucky. Yeah. There's technically two center positions, and it's still a high competition play. I mean, obviously, yeah, we all know no, it's exactly. very different. But... Um, yeah, so... I've... Oh, carry no, on. Sorry, carry, no, carry on. People want to hear you talk, not me. You carry on if you're. <laughs> No, I just uh, obviously just reiterating what you said. It's the, there are a lot of good centers and um if if 12 isn't available I, i'd take 13 but then there's uh there's two great centers at 13 at edinburgh as well so you it's uh it's so difficult. For, the, for the record cockers i'll take h2o on the back of my shirt mate, if it gets me on the <laughs> I, only, I only made it to the back pitches i never got to put on the main one. Oh, damn it <laughs> Mate, do you remember? Do you remember those old school competitions? It was like the Brewer Dolphin plate and things like that. Do you remember those competitions, like the cup? Yeah, the Brewer Dolphin playing yeah. at nine o'clock at night and yeah, <laughs> like Tuesday afternoon. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mum and Dad's got to take you up to Murrayfield. It's the last thing they want to do. Mate, not even that. We had I can't remember. Peebles had some team, and it was like, it was like you know when you got to the arse end of nowhere, you were halfway there. Like that's where we were going, and like yeah. there was literally like seventeen of us. On this minibus and a car behind us with two teachers and it was like what are we doing <laughs> like i'm generally sure there was like a like a pull of hands to see whether we just forfeit the game and we were like three hours into the journey. <laughs> just turn around oh, oh don't do that play if you're playing rugby go play especially in the brewing dolphin you can get to the money field <laughs> back <bitches. laughs> so mate, i'm gonna ask you like now feel free to don't answer this if you want but like so obviously you had the nasty injury against the dragons this year when somebody chose to tackle you with their face on your face, which was bang out of order. Like, how was like how was it going before? Because you were like we were saying, you were pretty much the name. You were the name in form, and 
like what's it like coming back from an injury like that because it's not it's not muscle if that makes sense like you know when it's a muscle injury you can be like right yeah get the, yeah. Get the rehab done get back in the gym and then build it up what's it like when you just have to sort of just sit and wait and you go there's nothing to do here but just wait yeah well i think um i piled on the skin folds for a start just sitting <laughs> sitting on the sofa for for eight weeks but the, K- the kd just rose massively. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but no it was, down in scarlet's is yeah. is when i got it and it was one of the worst uh travels back home uh i basically had the option to mm-hmm. it was during covid so i had the option to try and find a hotel and stay overnight mm-hmm. um or just kind of withstand the pressure of the flight on the face uh and I, I chose to take the flight because I did not want to spend a night in You in are Scarlet. hard as nails. But I think the doctor was also like, yeah, you, you'll be fine to get on the plane. Just I want to go home. <laughs> straight invoice to Scarlet's HQ there. Like, yeah. One, one night in the Premier Inn, please, good sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, the, the team doctor was, was very good. He, um, he cleaned up after my my illness issues after the head knock and <laughs> drove, drove me to the hospital at one o'clock in the morning after getting back to Edinburgh. Um, oh, bless him, man. And then I had, I had several scans on my head and mm-hmm. face when I got to Livingston. Um, but then between every scan, I'd fall asleep. And at, at this point, the doctor was messaging me. Um, like, <laughs> are you staying in overnight? Because he he couldn't come into the hospital with me. He was oh, sitting yeah, in the car park in his car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was messaging me, trying to call me, but I was having and a you're flat out, yeah, my you're flat out. <laughs> <laughs> Um So I got to the the doctor came back uh, in the hospital, woke me up, and uh, said like you'll be you'll be staying overnight. So I think it got to half four in the morning when I messaged the doc in the car. Saying you can go home, go back to your kids. I'm I'm staying in overnight. <laughs> uh, so I think he was stuck in his car for about three and a half hours. Man, um, bless it. What's it, what's his name? Team Doctor of Edinburgh. What's his name? Mike Dunlop. Mike, so you're a, you're a hero for that one, Mike. Well played. I, I owe him one. Yeah, that's that. That's definitely at least a box of beer at some point. You definitely owe him some real <laughs> yeah. talk, Mike. That's definitely some up north quote with him. Definitely. <laughs> Right, mate, I'm going to ask you about it. Right, it's, so obviously, give an insight to when we filmed this. The Scotland squad just got released yesterday for the summer tour. Obviously, there's a few big names away with the Lions tour. What do you think of it? I think it's quite good. Like, what's it like seeing the names going in? Really good, yeah. Um, you've got 10 guys from Edinburgh, a lot of youngsters in there, which is good to see. Um, like Jack Blay and Jamie Hodgson getting the first mm-hmm. opportunity to train with the squad. Um, and Luke Crosby and Charlie Shield as well. So they've uh, both been in and about it, training with them before. But I think it's a it's a great opportunity for the young boys to step up and and show what they've got, especially in the the Scotland A game. That will mm. that will be the first game that they play. Um, so yeah, actually really exciting to to see how the guys go. Right now, I'm going to say this, and you don't have to take any association with this because I don't want you to get in trouble. But I think you should have been in there. And this is not me saying this because you're on the podcast. And this is not me saying it because I've known you for 10 years. But I will say, I think you should have been in that team. Like, was there, w- did you expect to be called up for the team? Were you just kind of like, were you like, were you proper like 
there's a chance like there's a chance or were you just kind of like if it happens it happens but yeah it was it was more if it happens it happens like there, there was no expectation but um obviously you you try and chance your luck and from previous conversations that i've had it it, it wouldn't have been a like I, I would have been extremely happy to be in um mm -hmm. but i mean it, it's just just another kick up the rear to to get better so um yeah it's i like that bit, that's, a nice, that's a nice positive attitude for it i like that <laughs> bit guided i'm not in but you know there's 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 more doors to be opened mm -hmm. i guess yeah mate archerfield will be there all summer you'll be fine that's it the boys, the boys, the boys will be in Georgia, and you'll be sat there going, "Oh, lads, it's terrible here. It's only like twenty-three degrees, like criminal. I don't know how. Yeah. I don't know how I'm gonna cope." <laughs> I'll, I'll Jimmy Hodgson is getting run over by like a pack that is like a combined like, one thousand one hundred kilos, and you're just playing golf. Yeah, I'll be sinking twelve meters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Right, mate, we're gonna we're gonna talk of, we're gonna get rid of the boring stuff now we're gonna stop talking about rugby because everybody talks about rugby when they come on rugby podcasts so i'm gonna ask you the exact opposite if you didn't play rugby what sport would you have played if you could do any sport in the world like just pick it what was it you? you're not allowed to say golf because we spoke about golf a lot as well oh that's my answer <laughs> out the window <laughs> uh what what sport do you wish you could have done like what sport would just feel like you came like, you know when you watch like the olympics and you see some like young five foot like girl throw herself off this pole vault and you're like yeah there's no way that's like that's like how do you train that sport like is there a sport you wish you could do that's just a random sport uh oh i think i've always watched snooker and mm -hmm. been like that is ridiculous. Uh, there was there was a clip on on Facebook the other day that was about how they they, they snooked each other like six times in a row or something, but just hitting the perfect ball. And I think if if I was to be good at another sport that isn't rugby or golf, um, it would probably be snooker uh, because it's not strenuous on your body and <laughs> it's. That's the most rugby player it's, answer. Uh, something that doesn't hurt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like ping pong or something. I yeah. don't know. Uh, but I think if I if I didn't take up rugby, I was I would have tried to. Uh, I was into my football a lot. Like I love I love my football. Um, Go on then, team. I, out yourself to out yourself to the fans. What's the team? Uh, so I was about to say I I used to love football, but now I never watch it. I I don't have a team. I yeah. So I can't answer that question. <laughs> that, I feel like that's a cop out, but we'll let you have it. I'll, I've asked you that question. <laughs> we'll let, I'll let you have that one. You can have that one. That, no team, nothing like frantically ripping down posters in the background. Like that. <laughs> that no, no football fan here. No. Oh mate, that's I'm I'm interested to snooker because I think like I find sports like that myself quite interesting. The ones where it's it's so precise and it's down to like you say to hit the perfect ball six times in a row. Because like obviously like yeah. in when you when you do the sports we do there's like like football like like rugby there's a bit of a bar like passes don't have to go exactly to the right place like people can move but like you say these sports that require such a precise and almost like a definite yeah. touch like in, it is quite mesmerizing when you look at like the sports science behind it. Yeah, uh, I, like, I, I don't I don't watch too much of snooker on the on the TV, but 
um, people might watch watch snooker on the TV and be like, oh, that's that's looks quite easy. But see if you've ever played on a full size snooker table. It's just oh, I mean, it's it, massive, it's isn't it? Different it's level. Massive. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I'm like I'm I'm five ten in air boost, so like you can imagine when it's like, <laughs> yeah. I say air boost because people got really scared going to say five ten in heels. They're <laughs> like, right, the, the problem's <laughs> not with the fact you're five ten here, it's why are you wear heels. Yeah. <laughs> right, like, what's the what's the go to pastime of George George Taylor when he's not playing rugby? Like what's his go to pastimes like when he's when you're chilling in the house, what are you doing? Uh playing Warzone. Really? Um, how many wins yeah, are we talking? How, how many wins are we talking? Uh, I think I'm up to sixty-eight. Right, so strong. Not not too bad. Oh, you, you're uh, getting a credible but, amount of wins in there. <laughs> no, I, I do love my war zone. It's we've got a good a good group of boys on a group chat who on most nights. So who's who's the squad? Who's the go-to? Like if you could, like what's what's the squad? Like when you when you see when you put in. Right, lads, Verdansk, 10 minutes, who's on the plane? What's the three names you hope pop up where it's like, I'm in? To be fair, people that are pretty useless, actually... <laughs> I like this. You're, you're, going, you're going the other way around. We're just... We, yeah, we tend, to get the, <laughs> we tend to get the wins on the more useless people. So just Team KD drops significantly. So... Um, <laughs> Like one player, but no, I, I play, like decoy, and then just everybody else gets skills. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I think the only I play with a lot of rugby guys, but mainly Mark Bennett. Uh, we we've played since Warzone came out, uh, mm. but he he recently made the move to PC, so that oh, means so turning cross play like on. Elite and, gamer, elite gamer. Well, you'd think you think he would be being on PC, but actually his KD is uh, 0.72 or something. So <laughs> that's a call out. Mark Bennett has been that is a call out. That is that is Get a great <laughs> great podcast title. <laughs> Mark Bennett on smoke of episode two with George Taylor. <laughs> Not mentioned uh, until no, he'll, <laughs> he'll he'll probably be in the plane uh, just to to bring the KD down. Uh, <laughs> keep keep you in those good lobbies where the KB's not <laughs> definitely uh, but a, a lot of the boys that we play with um, I actually, we actually met me and Mark met them on online just through friends of friends uh, so we, we met them online I mean Call of Duty not in another, in another way um, <laughs> we, we met them on Call I don't know why you made that there was no sinister about what you said until you said in another way and just like, All right. well you know you get you get the odd person thinking the wrong way so I love the, uh, I love the fact that there's now a secret Edinburgh like Tinder profile and it's like just looking for Warzone players yeah <laughs> uh, but no we met them started lockdown the, the first lockdown uh, started gaming with them so we've got a good group of boys on that decent so you've still not answered the question though so you've just got bennett and you've got two lads from who shall not be named uh bennett i'd probably uh oh it's a tough one there's a there's a boy robin robin jacobs he runs a bar in edinburgh um All right, he'll yeah, also that's... bring the kd down but he uh oh, we're not sponsored you can shout out his bar give him a bit of free promo shout out his uh, bar. salisbury arms the salisbury arms 
Right, yeah. go in there, say George Taylor says Verdansk is hot, and then you might get five percent <laughs> off your round. Who knows? You'll That's get not a guarantee off. before anybody goes. <laughs> that. Oh, this guy said you can get five percent off, and I'm just like, well, I'm never going back. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's, it's a it's a it's a good buy. Uh, good Mate, for must, sport. So, must admit, I've never been there in the four years I was in Edinburgh. I've never been there. Yeah, no, I've I've I think I've been there a couple of times, and it was the mm-hmm. first time I met him. Um, was at was at the bar. Uh, it, like, <laughs> obviously, you, it feels like you know him for a while. Mm-hmm. Just ga- gaming online, but um, then you actually meet him. It's yeah, it's it's good. Sociable game. That's yeah. what you tell the missus. <laughs> team building. It's team building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've, I know, I've now got an image of Cockrell like, in one of the squads. Like, go like right, let's go and communicate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. Like, if if nobody's doing that for your social media department, get a bunch of the lads to play Warzone and just put it on YouTube. Because if you got Cockroach in there, it would just get so used. <laughs> probably would. I think our <laughs> our communication skills in Warzone probably actually better than on on the training pitch. <laughs> okay, yeah. Don't tell them that, but just no. no. Cut that last. <laughs> yeah, last. Yeah, for sure. The fight. They don't. They never play it, man. All they do when they get home is just more push-ups and just study films. All they do. Uh, right, just how's lockdown been for you? How's just life getting on? Like, how are you just, how are you? Like, just how's George Taylor as a person? Not George Taylor, <laughs> how's George Taylor as a bloke? Uh, good, yeah. I think lockdown was lockdown was good. Lockdown was busy for me. Um, mm. moved back home because I used to live with my brother in this flat in Edinburgh. Um, and I, I think as soon as the announced that lockdown was happening we were both like right let's get ourselves home because if we're stuck in a flat together we'll be climbing walls and all sorts going on so mm, yeah nothing worse we, than two we, brothers locked in a confined Edinburgh flat together for a year yeah exactly <laughs> um so we got ourselves home pretty quick uh and i i started basically full-time work with my dad in his warehouse so i was i was kept pretty busy nine till five Um, i'd have half five to half eight to get my dinner and chill out and then nine o'clock was was verdang so <laughs> I, I was kept busy it was part of the schedule it was daily life it was it was ask anyone in the squad it was nine o'clock in lockdown so <laughs> I love the thought of like the whole Edinburgh team like racing a workout at like half six to half eight. It's like that no, gotta be I've gotta be showered yeah, got and ready for now. Places to be. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's class. No. So um right, so the, no, gonna... lockdown was, was busy oh, for me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, with with work and stuff and then um dad's got some sheep back home, so that that kept us busy. Had some arguments about that. Um I about like how many sheep just, we were going to do. So. I like you just became full borders for a year. <laughs> just like, I'll just go back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Pretty the world's much. gone to shit. What do we do? Farm. We'll just farm and eat. Oh, mate, that's class. Mate, tell me about your shirt because I saw it and I have no idea what it is. What is up north? Uh, so, up north is my own business that I started uh, with two others through three and a half years ago so coming on four years now um, basically sell my own built on nice uh, a lot of it's 
so biltong is a traditional south african snack uh just pretty basically air dried beef yeah, so yeah. nutritious for those who don't know it's just like a nutritious uh protein snack um oh yeah so started that with myself jason baggett and cameron hutchison uh so we were all in the academy together uh, oh yeah, yeah. Three, three and a half years ago um i always kind of wanted to do something businessy and something outside of rugby so these two got on board and we thought of this idea um we were, we were actually sitting in a, an edinburgh cafe in stockbridge uh and someone was munching on biltong we we're like we had lost a bit of money on our previous venture that we tried to do so we were like right what can we do doesn't involve an investment um and we can just kind of get started straight away and just, i think it was cami that was sitting there eating biltong and jason being south african he was like why don't we start with <laughs> biltong company um so then from there we came came up with the name up north um and then one two years down the line uh Cam, cami had to he got a contract over in france in nice to play rugby yeah uh, so he he left the business and then jason had rugby and full-time uni to do so his commitments were were pretty high uh so mm. he also left the business so at the minute it's it's just myself you, um, you yourself and i <laughs> exactly i'm <laughs> i'm the last one standing but no it's uh it's for, for anyone like doing rugby it's um it's a massive part to do something outside of rugby you know you mm -hmm. you wake up you go train you get back and you you need a you need a an off button so for me do yeah for for me running a business alongside the rugby and kind of learning <laughs> that nice learning. easy downtime task of running a business <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh yeah wait, i just like oh no just do it it's fine <laughs> yeah it's it sounds daunting but as soon as you kind of look up and uh study how to actually start a business it's it's pretty straightforward from there as long as you get customers buying your stuff <laughs> oh well don't worry they'll be flocking in after like all six of my <laughs> listeners listen to this don't you worry <laughs> half of it'll be me because i'll feel bad i'll be like i told everybody i'll buy it i'll just get it <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I'll be honest. I'll have to try it. I've not tried any of it, but I do like built up, so that'll do. I'll do it some. Yeah, I'll good some. post gym snack. Yeah, I was gonna say it beats like penguins and chopper. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's, see, that's why. I, that's why you played center and I played in the front row because it was just like <laughs> you'd, you'd get out of a bunch of high protein jerky, and I was like, whatever is in front of me, I will eat right now because I did not want to be any hungry. Any biscuits in the house. Right, mate, we're going to go on to the quick fires now. We're just going to get a bunch of little funds, this or that, just to get like a decent bit. We're going to find out the real George Taylor by asking him a bunch of very random questions in quick succession. Oh dear. So, trick to these quick fire ones is don't think about it. Whatever comes into your head first, that's the one. Right. And if there is yeah. if there is a rogue answer, I will call you out on it. <laughs> and we will stop and go, George. <laughs> <laughs> and we can cut, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This quick fire thing and just complete block cuts through it all. Yeah. <laughs> right, mate, we're gonna start. Think I'm right? ready. Yeah. Right, start it off nice and easy. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Strong choice. Haggis or black pudding? Haggis. 
<laughs> night out or a night in? Night out. <laughs> That's so much. I was about that one. <laughs> right, oh, that gives a good question. Type of night in, movie night or gaming night? Gaming night, 100%. Um, you missus loves you for that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just we've just answered this, but COD or Fortnite? COD. <laughs> Arms day or chest day? Arms. Correct answer. Coke or Pepsi? <laughs> Coke. Scoring a try or a try saving tackle? Scoring a try. Strong. Stone Cold Steve Austin or The Rock? The Rock. Oh, brave. <laughs> Going for pints or going for cocktails? Pints. <laughs> Mate, cocktails is the correct answer there. We all know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, uh, yeah. <laughs> Would you like to change we'll your answer? That. <laughs> Would you like to change no, your we'll answer? <laughs> As town. Pints and then cocktails. <laughs> What's that? Pints what and then that? cocktails. Pints and then cocktails. <laughs> As a town, Melrose or Edinburgh? Edinburgh. Oh, as a town. As a town. <laughs> and last but not least, how would you like your steak cooked? Medium rare. Correct. <laughs> Says the guy who sells Biltop. <laughs> <laughs> They're really welcome. <laughs> oh, I yeah, thought of another. I thought, of, <laughs> I thought of another one. Best sevens tournament in the borders that isn't Melrose. Ooh. Because either um, way, you alienate about six other towns with whatever answer you say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just losing you friends. You cannot say Erlston, man. Erlston, I, I once got a uh, sunstroke at Erlston, so mate, <laughs> that was Arlston, a good memory. Mate, Erlston's a crack in sevens. There's a good party at Erlston sevens. Erlston is a great sevens. Hmm. There you go. That's your that's your quick fire done. So you've saved it there. There was a few ones that Solid. people are definitely going to ask you and go. So what's your real answer to that question? <laughs> yeah, the pipe one was a difficult one. The pipe one was a difficult. No, I mean, see, everybody's like, no, I got to go for pints. But I'm telling you, if you if you came up to me with, like you said, say you're like seven pints in, and you come up to me with another tenants, or you come up to me with like yeah. a strawberry daiquiri, like hand <clears throat> strawberry daiquiri over something like that's mine. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I think I'll be two, two or three pints, uh, and then I'll be espresso martini or onto the rums. Correct, mate. Espresso martini. The problem with espresso martinis is after you've had about five, you're like wired because it's like you've had like six. Yeah. <laughs> right, mate. You've now right. We've now looked through you, so we're now going to find out about your teammates. So we've got quick section of teammates. That's what I like to call. So you ever seen um you ever seen like do you remember old Soccer AM like back in the glory days of Soccer AM when it was like the biggest shit house on morning telly you've ever seen? Vividly, yeah, vividly. <laughs> right, so we're just gonna ask you. So right, let's start off nice and easy. Hardest tackler at training? Uh, Pierre Schumann. Straw. I didn't expect that answer. Fairness, he is a British shit house, so that's about right. Fastest yeah. feet. Fastest feet. Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, oh. he's he gets called Jinky for a reason. <laughs> I'll let you in on a or secret. On who, sorry? Or Damien Hoyland. Yeah, I can believe that to be fair. I can believe that. I'll let you yeah. in on a secret. So you know Ben Velko who's coming up from uh, Wasps. 
I was talking yeah. to his teammate on this the other week. Shout back to episode one with Cal Serka. He's uh, he told us that Ben Velcott has the fastest feet at uh, Wasps, so he's the one to watch out for. Right. Apparently, he's the apparently nice. he's the training partner when everybody's doing like tackle practice. <laughs> uh, right, next bit of a funny one. Who's the personification of a turnstile? Who's the guy that cannot tackle for love nor money? He is just a gateway through the defensive line. Oh, <laughs> Blair Kinghorn. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like, like if I say that one, it won't be too bad. <laughs> you, can't say the, you can't say the fullback, man. <laughs> can't call the oh, fullback well. a turnstile. Uh, <laughs> whoever I'm saying, I'm, I'm chucking them under the bus. So. It's fine. We'll just, invite them on. we'll just invite them on and then they just say you for everything. That's how this works. <laughs> <laughs> so I, think, I think, obviously, Blair being at fullback, uh, our defence is usually quite good, so he doesn't have to <laughs> tackle too many times, so his stats are a lot harder to be in the in the positives. <laughs> that was that was the best like self-humble brag for that answer. I was just like, well, obviously, our inside centre is fucking incredible, so nothing goes past me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, who's most up for a night out? Who's the guy that's on the bus and he's like, right, we're getting a night out? Blair Kinghorn. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Uh, right. So once you've got this night out, who's the one that can he hack a night out? Who's the one that's in the taxi by 10 pm? <sighs> and you can't say you because you're going to play for Dan Skit now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not that he can't hack it, he just smoke bombs. And that's Mark Bennett. Uh, who can't hack it? Uh, Nathan Chamberlain. Really? Yeah. Oh. Lightweight. Oh man, the boy's like he's like sixteen, man. Leave him alone. <laughs> 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 uh, right. Oh, here's a good one. Who's got the worst fashion sense at the club? Who's the guy that turns Murray up? Murray McCallum. <laughs> I didn't even finish the question. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows Murray, it. Murray. <laughs> what are we talking? What what what, what style are we talking? Is it like is it like uh, a religious, like I've bought this designer thing and you're like, mate, that shirt doesn't go with itself, never mind like the shoes you wear. Nah, it's more kinda I don't know. He buys some rogue shoes, he wears some questionable vests. Um <laughs> oh, mate, no, you just vests are mandatory. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, the guy that's like November, like snow, not seen sun for like six weeks, he's like vest. Pink, bright pink baggy vest. That's my journey. Oh, I love that. Right, Murray McCallum, you've officially got the worst fashion sense at Edinburgh, according to me. Who came back with the worst lockdown lid? Who came back and you're just like, mate, get yourself to the... like That that needs a homer right now. Or firstly, who uh, gave himself a homer and butchered it? Uh, there was a lot of boys that had pretty terrible lids. Like They, they all came back with mullets. You're not allowed um, to say Hamish Watson. I refuse you to say Hamish Watson. Nah, he has, he's he's got a strong mullet, mm-hmm. but I think I think Ben Muncaster, he either did it himself or uh, got one of his mates to do it. But he, he literally put a salad bowl in his head and shaved a zero <laughs> around the sides. So yeah, like back probably, as well, just... <laughs> yeah, I back and sides. Oh, <laughs> oh Ben, yeah. Nah. yeah, Ben, that's that's a no. Like I've like. George will tell you, I've not had the best haircuts in my life, but that's a no. Like, that's a big no. <laughs> I was probably up there as well, to be fair. But Mate, that, was, you were... that was during lockdown. That was before. I mean, uh, you, didn't that have, was... you didn't have a dad telling you long curly hair was like socially acceptable when you were like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Mate, you'll remember from like borders, like it was a it was a strong lid I took with me. That it was it was an afro. <laughs> it, was, it was the only way I was ever gonna get noticed playing in that team. <laughs> He's the lad that came up from the 1980s and just stayed there. Aye, that's him. That's right. Remember him. It was all technique. Uh, who's the biggest joker in the changing room? Who's the who's the prankster? Ooh, um Different one. Um, probably, probably Luke Crosby. Really? He's a bit. He finds himself a bit of a joker. Uh, <laughs> you said that was such a deadpan expression. <laughs> it's just, he thinks well, he's was, really funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, the the latest thing he did was we had a session on Thursday. Oh yes, yeah, a story. He, it's always good when you give a description. <laughs> Here we go. Had a session on Thursday. Um, Charlie Shiel had went home uh, after lunch. Uh, we finished up lunch. Crosby ate a banana, but Charlie left his boots uh, <laughs> under the chair. So Crosby stuffed his boot, his boots with this banana, uh, and we weren't we weren't in training until Tuesday. That's so, that's, that's quite frankly honking. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's like Crosby takes it too far sometimes, but that's the sort of stuff he does. Uh, you, no, if you leave if you leave your boots under the chair, it's fair game. That's like that's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm struggling to think. Who do you just tell Charlie has to buy a new pair of shoes? Or do you do it, right, Luke? You owe him a new pair of boots. <laughs> uh, well, Luke Luke wasn't actually when Char Charlie found them. Luke wasn't actually there, so uh, <laughs> the instantly Chico Chico was like, mm, "Was that Crosby?" <laughs> and I was like, "Obviously, yes." <laughs> All I can confirm is it wasn't me. Yeah, <laughs> under the bus. Who was, I saw this on your Instagram. Who was it that threw an egg at your car just randomly? Luke Crosby. <laughs> Sums I it just up. Seen it. I was just seeing it and I was just scrolling. Like, you know when you do like I think I was at work or something, you know, like Skyrim, just like scrolling. I was just yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, hold on. Like, I've just seen a guy get out of the car and get pelted with eggs. What's happened? And then went back and it was like, yeah, there's absolutely no context to the story, just somebody getting pelted with an egg. <laughs> I will pa Paddy Harrison the hooker. Um, mate, well, I know you, Paddy. You'll, we, we you'll know, to, yeah. We used to play with his brother, mate. Me and he used to play with Jack. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, obviously, Paddy used to be at 12, didn't he? Last yeah, year, for biggest. Just a farmer, like, farmer as <laughs> fuck. <laughs> yeah, so, funny you say that. He, he, brought, he brought loads of eggs into training and started punting them. So he'd be charging boy, he'd be charging boys three quid for thirty eggs, which is class. Mate, that's phenomenal, Patrick. So Helping help me, I, I could do with that. <laughs> <laughs> Hook the man up. Yeah. No, but um, I, I actually, I, I started the the chaos, but Crosby bought thirty eggs. Um, so I, I just picked picked up an egg. I was like, I can have a look, and then just chucked at his feet. Just crack, <laughs> cracked an egg, wasted an egg, uh, just because it was Crosby. So uh, I then bought 30 eggs, and he picked up an egg of mine and launched it at my windscreen. So <laughs> he just crossed the line. But oh, I, I don't back. mess with man's car. Don't mess with man's car. No. <laughs> what did you do to get him back? <laughs> uh, egged his car. Fair. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a fair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All's right in the world as far as I'm concerned. Right? Everything's in balance. <laughs> 
Right, so we found out that Luke Crosby is the biggest prankster and Patrick Harrison has an abundance of eggs. <laughs> Who's yeah. the best dancer in the squad? Who's the one that's like on a night out or in the po- the post-win dressing room dancing? Who's the one that's always two-stepping? Like, you know the one where it's like everybody sat down absolutely knackered and there's one guy just clearly gave like 70% of the game and he's still got energy to like two-stepping. Uh, you probably got to say Christine. He's always up dancing. Uh, even when everyone's gone home, he's still dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's like Chris, that's great, but the team bus is leaving. So if you could please get in the shower, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. he, he's the dancer on the night out. <laughs> right, who's the one? So I've written this down as Skip's leg day, but that's not what I mean. But I had to abbreviate it. Who's the one that's like you never see them in the gym, but they're somehow just massive? Like I remember you hear all these oh. stories about like the Fijians that just like. You never see them lift a weight, but obviously they're built like they're made out of like granite. So who's the one that's like that? Yeah. Who's just like who's the guy that's like you just think like I've never seen you do any strength and conditioning. How come you don't fit into like a three XL shot? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh yeah, obviously all the Fijians they're they're just ridiculous in the gym. Anyways, if they <laughs> if they lift a weight, they'll put on size that next day. Um, but I've never actually seen. Do and Van der Merwe do a full gym session? I've seen him do <laughs> arms, but you'll never find Do and doing legs. What, what else is there? Just arms. <laughs> <laughs> Just arms. Just arms. I know he's like, are you gonna train something different today? Yeah, I might do triceps. That's me. That's <laughs> yeah. Nah, you'll never catch him doing legs. <laughs> oh, fair play. Well, uh, Do and you scare the shit out of me. I'm not gonna say anything bad about you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who's the one guy in the team you could see as like a future coach? Who's the one guy that's like, ah, you're, you've got rugby coach material written all of you? Obviously, a lot of boys do coach in their spare time, but who's like, yeah. you could be a head coach? You, you could be a head coach for a professional team. Uh, Henry Pergos. He Really? Yeah, his knowledge is crazy of rugby. He, he knows what he's on about, and I think he actually, he's doing his level two or level three at the minute. So, yeah, I can see him doing well in the coaching ranks. Mate, fair play. Henry Pergos amazes me, man. I swear he's been around for like 30 years and he's still only like 29. I'm like, <laughs> I know. I'm like Henry, yeah. I swear I've been watching you play since I was like 15. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> I get that feeling as well. Uh, right, who's the who's the designated DJ on the bus? Who's like the one that's like, when it's like, right lads, give me the ox cord. Who's the one that everybody just turns around and looks at and goes, yeah, this is your job? Uh, probably Blair. Uh, but at, at recent... A recent away games, it's been Marshall Sykes. Um, really? <laughs> but he, he he quickly got stripped of that because he, I think he played like a Jungle Book club remix or something. Uh, and we were down in Scarlet's and it was, the door was <laughs> wide open and it got very embarrassing. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, probably Blair. <laughs> yeah. Man, Blair, Blair Kinghorn's a party animal from the answer to go. Oh, you're gonna have to ask Blair on a night out. Uh, <laughs> who's the one guy that's just hard as nails? Like you know, just naturally, just like you are, you could batter anybody. Like the one guy that's like you're the guy that gets to go in the center and like you're in a ruck and you say something and then just stand behind this one person. Who is it? Uh, the person I'd least mess with is probably Crosby. Uh, obviously, being from from Livingston. Uh, Mate, that's a shocking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
I'm just gonna keep. I'm gonna just try and make Crosby fight because then he can just come on this, and if he just wants to slate me for an hour, he can just slate me for an hour. But at least he'll slate. He'll slate you for more than an hour. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take it. Um, Luke, come on, just slate me for an hour. I'll take it. (laughs) I think in 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 Livingston at, at school, when you joined high school, you got asked if you had older siblings. Um, yeah. and if you said, nah, I'm the eldest, then you'd like, you'd, you'd basically get battered for your whole, whole school years. So he grew up in school, just getting, getting battered. And then his younger brother came into Livy school mm-hmm. and obviously he was like, yeah, Luke Crosby is my older brother. And he was, he was left untouched. Uh, so, <laughs> so I think Crosby uses that as his younger brothers are joining us so he uses that to get free stuff built in his house and <laughs> make quite uh, right. if I've so, been battering for six years on behalf of my little brother yeah. <laughs> he's protected his younger brother for six seven years that's meant like I tell me they didn't do that at Austin they definitely didn't do that at people's man we were we were too busy nah, no to Austin. Nah. <laughs> we were too busy pretending to be posh at people's yeah. What was it like? What was it like? Loretto was just like, no, don't do that here. <laughs> <laughs> um, close, yeah. <laughs> nah, it, oh. it was good, but it was, it's quite different. The two schools. Yeah. yeah. Are. Right. Final one of teammates' quick fire questions: Which is the guy that hogs the mirror the most after training? Who's the one that's always putting the gel in the hair after the game? Knows he's, knows he's got a cheeky post-match interview coming up on Premier Sports and he's like, just get the hair looking good. Uh, I, I I would say Dewey, but it's probably probably Jaco van der Volt more really? because he's, yeah, he can't he, he can't just step out of the shower and, and look all right. He's got to sort his, he's got his to... issues going, <laughs> going on at the front of the head. <laughs> oh, mate, it's fine. Man. It's some fringe on it, to be fair. Like, I respect it. <laughs> I just see. I want it like cause if that was me. Like I would be immediately thinking, anytime I'm running full pelt, the hairline will be on show, and that would be my. <laughs> it's well. a, yeah, it's gone. Yeah, <laughs> just like oh no, sponsored by McDonald's, <laughs> man. Like comes up with the logo. <laughs> <laughs> right, George. This has been class chatting to you, and we've only got one question left, and it's the one question I gave you some time to prepare for. So yeah, Blair Kinghorn. He's not made the squad for God knows what reason. He's not in the squad. You've just had a massive fifty-point win over Glasgow. Bus back. It's a Saturday night. You can hear that Why Not tunes are ready to be bouncing. Shout out to Why Not for anybody that's been to Edinburgh. You're there. Boys turn to you. El Capitano turns around and goes, George, you've got three songs. What three songs are you picking and tell me why? So start with number one. What song are we picking at number one? Well, yeah, when you initially asked it, um, I picked it because it's it was our winning song at Melrose. So if nice. we if we had a solid win, we we'd play that at Melrose. So whenever I I go go on a night out with the Melrose lads, this would be the song that I would chuck on, and it would be um, "Let's Do It Again" by J Book. Uh, great song, great great song. <laughs> solid song, but I, I think like it wouldn't get the recognition at, at Edinburgh, um, apart from the likes of Lewis Carmichael and and Demo and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. You can you can bring that culture with you though. It's all about bringing a winning culture. Just say that and then just keep playing. True. Yeah. <laughs> just take uh, two medals and be like, we've got the double. So <laughs> this is the song. Yeah. Look, look at Crosby and be like, until Livingston win the double, we will happily play this. <laughs> right. Song number two. You've you've just played this. Every lad is now thinking, I don't play for Melrose. 
what's the song to? How are you winning the crowd back with song two? Uh, it'd be Pour the Milk by Robert Doherty. So that's like a bit more, bit more upbeat, a bit more techno. Um, Something guess guess the toes tapping. I like that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's a simple song, but it, yeah. it sounds good. I like that. The, lad, the lads can see the lights flash and they can see the booth. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we're out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. So you've, got, yeah, so you've got song three, the bus driver's agreed to drop you off on George Street. Tables are booked. You've got one song. You've just entered like Princess Street. What song oh, are you going God. with? Uh, so I chose Heartbroken by T2, but great tune. Probably controversial, but I love it. Is that the Gets one? Is, I'm, trying, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think which one it is. Is it the one where it was like... Um, it was the three, like, it was the, I don't want to sing it because I'm just going to ruin myself today. Is it, it came out like, it came out when we were like 15 or something. I'm just going to say it's like, I'm yeah, heartbroken. Yeah, I don't know. One. Yeah, is that one? Oh, yeah. banger, respect. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I found it on Spotify one day. I was like, oh my God, that is a, that's still a tune. So <laughs> Mate, I wouldn't care what the audience say. It's good. <laughs> You're just like, this one is for me, lads. I'll be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, so Heartbroken by T2. What a final choice that is. That's absolutely class. I love that you just went, nah, just forget the boys. We'll just do T2 at the end and that's me and I'm out. If the rest of the boys come in the club, they'll come in, but I'm definitely going in. <laughs> right, yeah, guys, that's buying, actually... Yeah, quite right. Right, guys, that's actually us. So we're going to do that. Um, there's no sponsor on this episode, so screw it. This episode is going to be proudly sponsored by the boys of Blokes. That's the wrong side. Move the microphone. Yeah, the team Blokes Mental Health. Make sure you always come check us out. Come there. We try to get boys talking on forums, make sure guys, young lads, get into talk, make sure mental health's going out. And do you know what, George? Because you came on, help the boy out, eight-year-old favourite IOU. Get the shirt on show. This this episode is proudly sponsored by Up North Biltong. Make sure you get your Biltong. George will sign a package for you. Tell you come down. You'll get Crosby to sign them as well. Just be like, Crosby, <laughs> just throw eggs at the box and then just be like, you can have an official Crosby. <laughs> you get a free egg with it. Yeah, so make sure I'm gonna leave all George's stuff. George, where can they find you on socials? Where what's your Instagram handles? And we'll get you we'll get you sorted uh, out in there. All socials is just up north built on. Uh, Amazing. And same with the website. So yeah, so we'll get that there. Come check it out. Like I said, you can also find George on Instagram. George is there. Underscore George Taylor, I believe, is it not? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the one. Underscore George. Follow the podcast. Give us like ratings. Make sure you follow us on Apple, Spotify. It helps us out more and you'll know. Keep up to date with on socials. As always, any constructive criticism, always welcome. If you're going to just be mean, at least make it funny because then I can retweet it and get some likes that way. And then I guess it's going. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for watching. George, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, mate. Hopefully we'll get you on again sometime. We'll see you in that Scotland squad that I keep asking you about and you've been completely neutral in, so no hate from there. <laughs> yeah, guys, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for watching if you've watched on YouTube. Stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, thank you. Cheerio. Bye. Cheers, Sam. Appreciate it.